You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today we are joined by the cutest one, and that is Sloane, one half of the Mummy Dearest podcast. Hey! I am the cute one tonight. I'm feeling good. I have a new haircut. Like, I'm ready for this. I'm so excited. You really are. Thank you all for having me. I'm such a fan of your show, so this is, like, truly a treat for me. We have been talking about having you on for so long. Truly, so long. Our podcasts are like mirror images. They're the same. Like if you guys are listening to this podcast, you'll like my podcast. If you're a Mummy Dearest listener, listen to this. Like it's the same. It's the same. Dare I say if our podcast had its leg cut off, your podcast might also have its leg cut off. I do feel like we are twin stigmata podcasts. (laughs) I truly do feel that in a way. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you guys so much. Oh, thank you. I want to know to just compare truly how similar our podcasts are what is the like craziest thing you and zach have talked about on your podcast The craziest thing like for instance if you asked me i think when i talked about bleaching my asshole with a crest white strip that is probably one of my worst did that work uh, no. Okay. And here's what happened. <laughs> Chelsea Handler joked about it in a stand-up act. And I was like, that sounds incredible. I'm going to try about it. That. God, <laughs> we are so vile that like I'm trying every single episode, we end up talking about 9-11 like without fail. Like every episode. We do too. I guess because we're like 2000s babies. We like can't. Well, yeah. I was born in the 80s but like I was alive during (laughs) the towers when they fell and so Uh we always uh like date things like pre and post 9-11 I'm one minute into your show and I've already brought up 9-11 just to show you but no I mean like nothing is off limits like I think we talked about like our dream cast of like rebooting Jeff Epstein's island and like who could take over now that Jeff Epstein killed himself in quotation marks like we are very vile people we're not nice we're Uh not kind but I kind of have nothing but great things to say to Today about this movie to be quite frank with you <laughs> sorry Chelsea. well I'll make up for the both of you and I don't know if Donnie said it I have already been yelling on the internet for the past week but we are here to cover mm. I know who killed you me I know who killed me no that's what we're here to do I know who killed you it's gonna be me that was a Freudian slip because this episode will end in murder yours it's quite a movie it's like I can see both sides of how you hated it you loved it like I feel like I'm in the middle of that because it's truly a terrible film and yet there's something about it that I've seen this film so many times now and I don't know why and I can't tell you what happened. That is crazy to me that you've seen it so many times. Like, why? Why would I have seen this more than once? I don't know. The first time I ever saw it, my dad, as all the cuties know, was an asshole when I came out of the closet and all that. So then mm. when I was in college to make it up to me, he never used the words, I'm sorry, but he did like drive me to and from college or when I would have friends over, he would let me pick the movies. So then I would torture him and pick things I know he would hate, including this. You made your dad, <laughs> your anti-LGBTQ friendly dad watch this film? I did. That is so mean. Do you think maybe your dad was like right to be mean to you? <laughs> like, this is torture porn slash I don't know what. Okay. I just need to give my disclaimers okay. just right now. Number one, sure. 
I mean, I would ask what the fuck is wrong with you, Donnie, but we're past that point. Okay. We haven't come up with a solution to that question yet, and I don't think today is going to be the day that we come to a conclusion. Number two, I want to circle back to a conversation we had last week. So last week we covered 50 first dates, and we talked about how they basically spoiled the ending of The Sixth Sense. And I was pro-spoiler alerts, uh-huh. but you basically victim-blamed and said people should watch the movie so it doesn't get spoiled for them. <laughs> Little did I know, for months, you have been bringing up this fucking movie, and you have been pitching it as, you know, that movie where Lindsay Lohan has a secret twin and cuts off her leg in the shower. So <laughs> that would be like me saying, hey, you really need to watch The Sixth Sense. Bruce Willis is a ghost the whole time. I forgot this was the twin. <laughs> it's a very, very, I believe, a lackluster twin. So Donnie didn't really spoil anything for you because like, even though I've seen this movie six times, I truly don't understand the twist yet. (laughs) Maybe upon my seventh rewatch, I will understand what happens. I can tell you about the torture porn part of this movie, but if you ask me to give you like, and I know we don't do this on your show, like a step-by-step plot. I could not do it. I watched this movie with my husband, who we call Dr. Bald. He's not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22. And he likes horror movies. He's not so much into the torture porn genre. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's comforting for me as a woman. Yeah. But it was so funny just listening to him try to piece together the plot and come up with what he thought was happening. At one point, he goes, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, that should be on the back of the DVD case. What the fuck is going on? I fell asleep. I took a nap during this movie. I told Donnie, I was like, I texted him at like 1230. I'm like, I have been watching this movie since 9am and I'm still watching. It's like really cozy. Does that make sense? No. Okay. (laughs) And Sloan, when you told me you were watching it for four hours, I got nervous because there's a four hours director's cut. And I was like, is that what she stumbled upon? God, I hope not. Is that a joke? No, that's real. There's a four hour? (laughs) And what's even crazier is it's four hour director cut without the FBI storyline in it. The studio forced him to put the FBI in it to have some sort of through line. What? is the other two hours. It has to be torture porn, Torture porn and more slow motion stripping. (laughs) Instead of having it at half speed, it was just Lindsay Lohan going down that pole (laughs) at like Uh .00001 She couldn't have gone down that pole any slower. I was (laughs) like, go on, girl, give us nothing. Like, now I'm like so attuned to like, the people that put in the effort on the poll, like a J-Lo and Hustlers mm. kind of vibe. No, Lindsay would not be able to whip this routine out at the Super Bowl, for sure. I think I no. gave more energy in my basement as a child going around those little Ooh. holes in my unfinished basement, you know? I'm so jealous. I grew up in Miami, so we didn't have any basements. We didn't have, like, okay. basement parties or anything. We mm. had, like, yacht parties oh. with, like, Coke at the age of, like, 13, 14. Wow. I mean, I didn't have a yacht, but, like, I missed out on living that sort of, like, like underground yeah. life that I wanted to live very badly. Like the troll you yeah. are, Chelsea. No, I'm a troll too. You never understood the magic of an unfinished basement with like a warm keg no, hidden never. by a dryer. And my grandma lived in my basement, so I couldn't do that either. That's so sweet. Is she still down there? Or? Well, we moved her up. 
Okay, moved her up. Into my family's house. Okay, yeah. that's so sweet. Not heaven. Okay, yeah. she's still with us. She's still Earthside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. perfect. Love that for her. That's so nice. So this movie came out July 27th, 2007. It was a Friday. Umbrella by Rihanna was the number one song. Uh-huh. That's my Jay-Z impression. The Simpsons movie. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Hairspray, and Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix were the top five movies at the box office. Mm -hmm. And Drew Carey was just announced as the new host of The Price is Right. What a time to be alive. Also, one more fun fact. News helicopters from Phoenix, Arizona television studios KNXV and KTVK collided over Steel Indian School Park in Central Phoenix because they were both covering a police chase and crashed into each other. Did everybody die? I didn't research that. Part. I'll go back and fact check. <laughs> That's an amazing time. Also, like I, I'm just realizing now on our podcast, my co-host Zach always does the facts and figures, and I love just like being a girl and showing up and not having to have like any knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, that's my role, too. I mean, I bring the facts, and I also have no knowledge. So that got us all beat. (laughs) So if today's episode makes you laugh or scream, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to help us grow our audience and this community. And while you're there, you can do the same thing for Mummy Dearest. So sweet. We just got our first, like, true hate (gasps) review. Oh, and I feel like we made it. Yeah. It came for me more than Zach. Mm. Well, it didn't come for Zach at all. It was actually just an attack on me. <laughs> That's the patriarchy. It happens here too. They really come for us women because we are sweet and hot and we have good senses of humor and we have You're good right. butts. And they just are so rude to us. You're right. Well, it's like Joe Coy said. <laughs> Big boobies, you know? Oh my God. Can we get into Joe Coy for a second? Let's do it. Okay. Why did the Golden Globes call my mom and say, who should we cast as the host of the show? (laughs) Why did they do that? Because like, who recommended him? I don't know. And what's crazy is I researched, he wasn't backup. He was like the 10th choice, but it's not like a last minute thing where like Will Smith dropped out and they were like, who can we get? Joe Coy. Like they asked Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. They asked a couple other people. And they all said no. But you should have asked early enough where 10 days before the show is not when we're scrambling to get Joe Coy. My God, that is so embarrassing. (laughs) That's very cringy to me to like be asked like 10 days before. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. I just had to just tap on Joe Coy very quickly. I promise. If not now, then when, Sloan? Truly. Thank you so much for letting us tap on that because I just really needed to unpack it just, just a slight bit. So I brought a little bit of background information, not as much as Zach would because... Again, I am not here with a brain, but it was written by Jeff Hammond, who also wrote nothing else. This is the only thing he wrote before or after. Yeah, because he was spending his life writing a four-hour screenplay. And on Twitter, his bio is, I will follow anyone that says good things about I Know Who Killed Me. So when this episode comes out, he will be following me. He'll be following two people in this podcast. I truly <laughs> love, like that is something I would write it so desperate. I'm obsessed with that. It was directed by Chris Silverstein, who wrote a bunch of made-for-TV horror movies that I'm not familiar with. And then Monstrous, a 2022 Christina Ricci movie. The budget, it cost $12 million to make, and it brought in $9.5 million worldwide. Flopped, you know. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. 
it swept at the Razzies, though, and it won eight awards, including <laughs> Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Screenplay, Worst Director, and Worst Excuse for a Horror Movie. And this <laughs> broke the record set by Battlefield Earth in 2000 and Showgirls in 1995, which oh were covered in two weeks. First of all, wait, Chelsea, you've never seen never. Showgirls, right? I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. I personally, I'm not somebody that's going to ever check IMDb. I'm not caring what the critics say. I follow my heart. Perfect. So I don't care if a show is nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> I am going to go off of what I think. And mm-hmm. so I think that this movie sucks, but I'm still keeping an open mind to Showgirls. Okay. I'm so sad that I'm not doing the show. Well, it's best I'm not doing the Showgirls episode because it is truly my all-time favorite movie. Mm. It is so good. This is not me trying to plug my store, but I have been making so much Showgirls merch. I have luggage tags with Nomi Malone. I mean, I've got things in my store. Well, drop a link. Plug your it's shit. It's com. It's basically just a shop for Showgirls fans. Like, that is my movie. <laughs> I, I feel so strongly about it. I think you are going to absolutely love it. I it think is the so. opposite yeah. of what this film then is. Then I'm going to love it. It's going to be my favorite movie of the year. Because <laughs> let me tell you, two weeks into January, I have a least favorite. <laughs> This is normally where we would say what Roger Ebert said about it. However, he didn't see it. (laughs) He he refused to see it. No, he wasn't dead. He just didn't go. That's fair. I love that. (laughs) All right. Now, Sloan, this is where I give you three taglines for the movie. And you say which one you would fuck, which one you would marry, and which one you would kill. The first one is there are two sides to every crime. I'm going to fuck that one because I think that could be a little little kinky. Yeah. Two sides. Yeah. I think I'm going to kill that one. I'm going to waste my kill on that. If you think you know the secret, think twice. That's a fuck because (laughs) I can't marry. Like, I'm a secretive person. I'm Scorpio. Don't let that deter you from my friendship. Like, I'm a good friend. I love Scorpios. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I'm, like, the sneaky little snake in my relationship, uh-huh. and I don't need to marry, like, another sneaky little snake. So I'm going to say fuck that one. Okay. I'm going to kill that one. We're both marrying That's the fair. next one. Ooh, okay. Sister wives. The next one is look for the clues. Oh, no. Well... <laughs> Okay. These are like the worst taglines I have awful. ever heard. So awful. I think they were written by Jeff Hammond. 100%. <laughs> Par for the course. He's probably tweeting them to this day. AI could have done a better job on taglines. They probably would. Okay. I don't want to shit on this guy too much because I know he's going to listen to this episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when I tag him. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Two bits of trivia before we get into the plot. This movie was the peak of when Lindsay would show up late to set or not show up at all. So for the final few scenes in that like torture dungeon... The director had to use a body double and then replaced her face with CGI. Shut the fuck up. That's actually pretty impressive CGI for 2007. Yeah, and with a $12 million budget. Well, that's where the budget was obviously spent on CGIing Lindsay Lohan's face. Because this was like the era of like the Scorpion King level like CGI. Mm, like we yeah. weren't there yet. I didn't even clock any CGI. No, that's so impressive. Either. Now I'm going to have to watch it a seventh time. Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> And then my last trivia, although it flopped at the box office, it made $28 million in DVD and Blu-ray sales. Yeah. Well, you know what that was. Huh. That was people watching her in slow motion on the pole. Uh, Or her getting like cut up, which is even (laughs) more demonic. Okay. I'm about to say something nice about this movie, which Mm. I find very distasteful. But here I go. 
new year, new me. I think this is almost in the category of so bad it's good. Like there were moments that I was chuckling, laughing, rolling my eyes in a really like I was having fun with it type of way. But I do feel like in the context of what Lindsay Lohan was going through in her real life at that time, it does feel a bit exploitative. Mm. I agree with you there. I Because I remember this being like a big deal. Like yeah. Lindsay yeah. was going to be stripping and like all of that. So I do think you're right. It was sort of, I never say the word exploitative because I feel like I've never pronounced it correctly. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> and I just kept it moving. Fake it till you make it. I appreciated it because I was like, how is she going to say it? And then you just kind of like went with it. And I was like, okay. Is oh, it yeah. exploitative? I don't know. Oh, okay. None of us know. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So, who, if anyone, do you identify as in this movie? Fat Tina. <laughs> do you want to explain who Fat Tina is? In <laughs> So I got a text from Sloan. Was it Manic? I don't know. But I did receive a text from Sloan saying, the first name in the credits is Fatina. Who is Fatina? I was like, I have no idea. So then I went to Google. Fatina is the name of the madam at the strip club. But that woman wasn't fat. So I really don't understand it. She's the nun from the nun. (laughs) But did anyone say that name in the movie? (laughs) Not once. That's why when I saw Fat Tina, I was like, who the fuck is Fat Tina? I wonder <laughs> if we get a background story in the four-hour version. We certainly Sorry. do. There are definitely flashback scenes of secondary characters. I'm not even kidding right now. You're so smart. Like, you are smart. That is exactly why she has the name Fat Tina. There is more to the story. Yeah, I'm Fat Tina, I guess. I don't know. Who are you guys? I'm Aubrey because I did play the piano but quit to write short stories instead and I randomly have morals and values. Like when she said, I'm done having sex until I'm in love. That says you were having sex until this homecoming game. So that's the kind of shit I do. Well, that tracks because I am Dakota, your evil twin, because Uh I was also very confused as she was this whole movie. She was confused. (laughs) I was confused. Also, she loves a mystery and she's going to solve that mystery. Game recognized game. Mm -hmm. Also, she forgets to charge very important devices (laughs) to her life. And that's just me on a daily basis. My leg would also be at one percent. I literally in my notes wrote down, oh, this is me as an amputee because nothing would be charged. I would be losing it all the time. Like I would not know where my leg was, where my hand was ever. That's so real. Which I don't Mm. have a lot of firsthand knowledge of pun intended, I guess, but with (laughs) amputation are prosthetics do you have to charge well her hand was robotic robotic, so that makes sense yeah unless i guess it was solar power but the leg the leg should not be robotic it's a leg yeah anybody that is missing a leg please chime in we'd love to know more aviva from help us out oh god well (laughs) speaking of housewives we have two housewives in this movie which is (gasps) insane to me we do this is my ultimate girls (laughs) like they gave us so much in this film like you can't deny that they gave us garcelle looking Uh fantastic yeah underutilized but looking great and then they gave Uh us kenya moore as a stripper at fat tina's joint (laughs) 
<laughs> Brilliant. At the next RevelCon, I need a panel of those two talking about this movie. We need to So know. Sloan, I'm going to give you one minute on the clock. Give us a brief synopsis, if you, if you can figure it out. <laughs> okay. Um, this movie is about Lindsay Lohan getting abducted by her piano teacher who cuts her up into pieces, but then somehow her twin also starts like getting cut into pieces. And I don't know how they find the twin. Ver- I can't explain this. I literally, I'm not even being funny. I actually can't explain this at all to you. I'm tapping out. Like, I don't know what happens in this movie. Well, you know what? That's what I'm here for. I took Thank some you. notes. Thank you so, so I'll much. I'll help you out. So our movie begins with Lindsay Lohan, a pole dancer by night, glasses wearing high school senior named Aubrey by day, who has a craft for writing thrilling short stories. But not only is she a modern day Hemingway, her artistic skills also transfer to the keys, where she shines as a piano player and although the young artist competition is less than a month away she decides she wants to quit to focus on her writing leaving her pervy piano teacher pissed and out of a job i'm gonna just stop you right here (laughs) already as is tradition one sentence in i have things to say Uh (laughs) i can't in good faith continue this without pointing something out we need to talk about her cat Aubrey has a cat. It's a Sphinx cat, which actually famously is Uh in the canine family. So it's a dog because, as we know, hairless cats are dogs. Uh But this cat, this cat had the biggest balls I've ever seen. That's in my notes. (laughs) Thank you. There was no point for a close-up zoom in of this cat's testicles. Zoom. Immediately. A whip pan to this cat's balls for no reason. I don't get why we zoomed in on those balls. Thank you for bringing that up. I feel so validated and seen right now because I literally would not have been able to talk about anything else before these balls because it seemed intentional of all the disgusting things in that movie like i watched a woman's leg fall off like in a shower and like her sewing her fingers on the cat's balls were the most upsetting like the most vile to me why why did we get that shot why were they so big and juicy (laughs) i don't love the word juicy but they were also hairless it's good to know i guess that the curtains match the drape i want to touch that cat i want to know what that texture is the cat i want to touch that cat's balls like that's real <laughs> like a little stressful yeah i feel like it would be kind of fun to just grab them <laughs> You guys can edit that out if you need to. I don't think so. What's crazy is I'm famously a ball connoisseur, and I didn't notice these balls at all. Excuse me? I would not have (gasps) talked about cat balls at all. I've figured it out. Blue imagery, blue balls, (laughs) circles become circles. You're right. What if the whole movie takes place in the cat's balls? Honestly, (laughs) I think that makes a lot of sense. Like the four-hour Zack Snyder cut of this, Uh it takes place inside. You're so right. Wait, actually... There's no place for me to tell you, so I'll tell you now since we brought it up. In the four-hour cut, Aubrey is all the blue scenes. Dakota is all the red scenes. And that's the movie we get. But then at the end, we find out the whole movie has been fake. And it's a short story that a purple Lindsay Lohan is reading to her class. That's what I thought the story was about the whole movie. Uh (laughs) That makes more sense than what it Uh actually was. I guess they were like, that's not enough of a twist, like a dream sequence. But I think it would have been a much 
actually better film <laughs> if they had left that in. Truly. A twist only works if the rest of it makes sense. I want to use this as a jumping off point to talk about a short story I had to write in my creative sure. writing class. So when I was a senior in high school, I took a creative writing class. And one of the projects we had to do, we had to write a one act play. And then for extra credit, we could perform it in front of the class. So all these other amateurs that just took it for credit don't really care about the art. They like did some bullshit. Who cares? Like a boy and a girl break up, blah, blah, blah. I thought I was going to win a Tony Award. The first high school student to ever win a Tony Award. I really thought it was going to be me because I was doing shit with this. It was called The Regulars. And it was about a gay coffee shop employee who was navigating like self-hate and not feeling like enough. Clearly, I was working through things in my script. But then also all of the customers, the regulars that come in every day, that's who it's about. <laughs> including but not limited to he sees a woman who's abused by her husband always <laughs> yeah. the only time she gets away from him is when he sends her out to get coffee <laughs> to keep up the abuse <laughs> to fuel the abuse <laughs> and then there was also a sex worker with hiv and sure. a married straight man who like the gay guy flirts with and we think it's going to be a dl relationship but then at the end you find out he's the one that's abusing the wife and the one that gave the sex worker hiv wow okay. now that's a twist <laughs> do you still have that yeah in my baby box oh no on the Patreon, I can do a one-man play of this. Please, you have to pull that out for Patreon. Like, that is so good. Well, when you said the regulars, it brought me back to a story that I didn't write, but Dr. Bald's step-grandfather, who has since passed, Duda, if you're familiar with his grandmother. Also, Patreon Cutie's got a real juicy story that I was not allowed to tell. <laughs> Patreon.com slash I am the cute one. Go over there for that story. But this was Duda's third husband. And he was an absolute compulsive liar. But circling back to the regulars, it reminded me of the pilot that he wrote. Because he also said that he was a writer on many famous shows. Oh, no. Maybe you've heard of a show called Friends, if you're familiar. <laughs> he said he was one of I'm the not. lead writers for that. Huh. He had a show where he said it was going to be like Cheers, but it was going to take place in a Panera Bread. Uh -huh. And that was going to really take off. And then he ended that dinner. This was like all in the first time I met him. He was asking me about like my favorite shows. And you know when you just say fucking weird shit because yeah. grandparents are asking you things. So, I mean, I do love the Golden Girls, but for whatever reason, he's like, what's your favorite show? And I was like, the Golden Girls. And he was like, oh. And this was around the same time that Betty White had finally done her hosting appearance on SNL. He was like, I wrote her monologue for SNL. <laughs> I was like, wow, who would have thought? What a small world. So, oh my God. in a way, he was just participating in his own creative writing class every mm. day. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. 
Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So as is tradition, we've been talking for 50 minutes and only covered one scene. So I'll keep talking. (laughs) So one of her classmates, Jared, gives her a blue rose before trying to finger her in science class and tells her he's falling in love with her, even though she barely knows him. I honestly think that this portrayal of a teenage boy is quite accurate. (laughs) He's like, I will try to finger you in Uh science class and also... I'm going to be fucking you fresh from the hospital. You don't know who you are. You're saying you're a different person. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You're You're down a leg and a hand. I don't give a fuck. Still got an asshole, don't you? (laughs) Why did they give us, they kept giving us flashes of the gardener and then like went nowhere with that. No idea. It was just a man jerking off to a wood chipper. (laughs) What was that? My only idea is that they wanted to give you suspects like if the piano teacher was the only man in the movie we would know it was him we knew it was him i saw that ring and i was like oh he's the one he's the bad guy the zoom in on the ring gave it away guys i didn't know it was the piano teacher until i was finished the movie took all my notes made the outline and then was on wikipedia to compare and then i was like wait a second it's the piano teacher they very clearly spoke Spelled it out. I had no idea. He was playing piano at the end. (laughs) One hand. What did you think the scenes with the trophies were about? I just thought he was obsessed with girls that play the piano. Well, in a way, you're right. You're still right. You didn't get all the way there. So when a student who had been missing for a few weeks end up dead, Aubrey is abducted while heading to meet Jared. 
Aubrey's body is eventually found by a woman driving on the highway who finds her passed out on the side of the road. Aubrey's taken to the hospital where she has to get her leg and hand amputated. Her parents are thrilled until Aubrey doesn't know who the fuck they are and refers to herself as Dakota Moss, a girl with no social security number, no job, and no money since the only cash her mother brought in before she OD'd six months ago was secret monthly payments mailed to her in unmarked envelopes. Okay, did he only give her $11 every month? (laughs) I don't know. I assumed she bought drugs with the rest of the money, OD'd, and 11 was left. Which, I guess, girl math as the kids on TikTok are saying, where, yeah, <laughs> spend all your money on drugs, but not $11. That was like literally how I spent my entire time when I was at FSU. <laughs> That's what we call a monthly budget. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm as good with money now. It just, uh, in a uh-huh. different way. Chelsea, they referred to the mom as a crackhead this whole movie. And I texted you repeatedly and said, what's the PC way to say crackhead? And it was ignored all five times I asked. So because of that, you know what, cuties? I tried to be PC. I tried to be woke. But I'm going to call her a crackhead because I was not given an answer. It's crackhead. <laughs> I love that this was your line in the sand. We covered Pretty Woman and you gave a diatribe at the top of that episode being like, I know it's sex worker, but I'm calling her a hooker. But I was trying to be PC to Donnie tonight and say I looked like a homeless person. So I said I look like a person between houses. And I was like, I've never said that before. Like, I just say homeless person. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. But we were on first date etiquette. We didn't know what we could say to each <laughs> we other. That's so We've true. We've talked about cat testicles now. We're all I say here. all of the bad words except for, like, the really bad one. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying. Basically, if they could have said it on TV in the early 2000s, I still say it. But they never said the really bad one on TV. No, 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 no. And I never said the F word when I was growing up. Oh, I love the F word. No, I love it now. And I feel like as a bisexual woman, I'm not allowed to say it, but like I love it. Uh And I don't say it day to day, but like... Do I think it? Yeah. I'm thinking it right now. <laughs> People are going to be like, can you never have this woman on your show again? There's something very wrong with no, her. No, I think they're going to just start listening to your podcast and stuff. They heard that Zach researches and they're like, we're out of here. Finally, a lifeboat. Yeah, we're going to have to cut that out of here. We can't let the cuties know it's being done better somewhere else. So the FBI, led by Garcelle Bouvet, feels that Dakota isn't safe until the killer is behind bars. So she'll need Dakota's help. And so Dakota tells the story. She got a job as an exotic dancer where she put cigarettes in her vag. But on the way home, a man with a blue rubber glove and baseball cap followed her. And that's all of the stories she remembers and is willing to tell. So the FBI chalks her up as delusional. Okay, first of all, this kidnapper, it was like being kidnapped by a member of the blue man group (laughs) like i expected the kidnapper to be cutting off her arm take it and then use it as a drumstick on a trash can like that was i think the most haunting part was seeing those rubber blue gloves it's like we're not being very sneaky here i didn't like that but also the fbi made me so mad like let's talk about ethics here this bitch does not know her name let's show her a dead body let's let her know it was a serial killer and then when they're interviewing her it wasn't an interview it was an interrogation Mm -hmm. 
All they needed was like a blinking, swinging light. And it's like, she was just found in a ditch with missing limbs. What the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? They were like re-torturing her. That was so yeah. triggering. Like if you were an actual victim of a crime, then you're they're like, can you look at this dead girl and like tell us what you think? It's like, what? Why aren't you giving us details? He's out there probably killing other people because of you. Like, oh my God. Serious, serious victim blaming. And it's absolutely a realistic possibility that, like, she put up walls in her mind and truly doesn't remember anything after what she's telling. Which is what you would do if you were, like, in this situation. The last thing I remember is when this man abducted me. I think that's possible because what happened next was he cut your leg off. (laughs) You don't remember. I just recently, this is not the same level of as being abducted and amputated, but I recently had to do, I don't know what you would call it. It was like a rope swing into a lake. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it was so high up. <laughs> and I have a six-year-old child who was like on the boat watching me. I'm not a lake girl. Uh-huh. This was my first time in a lake. Okay. And yeah. so I climbed up to the rope thing. And then once I got up there, I was like, oh, this is so fucking high. And so after, I'm not even kidding you, 25 minutes of like teenagers being like, Lady, are you going to jump? I finally did it. And as I swung through the air, when I tell you I blacked out and I don't remember anything except for hitting the water because of the pure fear in my heart. So, like, while I'm not equating that to being abducted and amputated, I'm just saying, like, your brain will eventually, like, shut off because of fear. So, like, she wouldn't remember anything. Well, all you needed was the FBI agent being like, don't you fucking remember (laughs) being in the air before you came crashing down that lake? No, I don't. I don't remember anything. I remember holding onto that rope and somebody being like, lady, let's move it. And then I woke up in the water in the lake. It was disgusting. I think that's worse than being abducted. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. Being forced to go to a lake. It's scary, Donnie. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't be that. Dakota gets a robotic arm and leg that has to be charged, like we said, while she's asleep. And then she's good to go home. And she proves she's not the Aubrey they know because she hates cats, which (laughs) I understand. I'm not Aubrey either. And long gone are the days of not having sex as she rides her boyfriend's dick hard enough to shake the walls and her mother's boots. I thought this was going in a different direction because we had just been introduced to the concept of the robotic arm. (gasps) I thought she was going to give him a little handy with that robot arm and squeeze that little weenie right (sighs) off his body. Again, this is like they show us something and they do nothing with it. Like that would have been a beautiful scene to see the robotic (laughs) hand jerking off and then it starts smoking it's going too fast (laughs) my question about the scene was why wouldn't the mom just take a walk she was listening downstairs to her daughter not her daughter but what she thinks is her daughter truly go to pound town she's like scrubbing the paint off of the counter because she's so stressed but won't leave the house outside yeah you could just walk out the door. She liked it. She wanted to hear it. She's, they're all sick freaks in that family, I'm telling you. Jared has no problem with Aubrey being a sex goddess out of the blue. But when she lights up a cigarette, he says, this ain't my girl, and demands to know the truth. So she finishes her story. Her fingers started falling off in the shower and on the pole at the Gentleman's Club. And when Kenya Moore found her backstage at the club and told her to go to the doctor. She took the bus to the hospital where she passed out on the way and the rest is her story. So that is enough for Jared to believe. So he sneaks her out of the house past the FBI to snoop through the bedroom of the previous victim. And is this FBI squad particularly awful or is this just part of ACAB and like all FBI is bad? Because yes, 
okay. Because they truly have no problem with him driving off the premises <laughs> just because they think he has to buy a condom. Yeah, no, I think the cops are just, like, pretty useless in any branch uh-huh. of government. I don't think they give a shit. Just, that's what I think. So, speaking of the FBI, they receive identical DNA results between Aubrey and Dakota at the same time that Garcelle finds a short story on Aubrey's computer. A story titled... Dakota, about a girl who has an identical twin she doesn't know about, proving to Garcelle that she is living in a world she made up. But Dakota's doing some research of her own at the same time on Aubrey's computer also. Do they both have Aubrey's computer? They do. Okay, I thought so. The computer did a twin stigmata. There's now two (laughs) computers. Okay, fair enough. And like a scene right after. We go from Garcelle on the computer to then Dakota on the computer. You're absolutely right. That is a bad (laughs) continuity error. Dakota's doing research of her own and learns she's either the second coming of Jesus or she has a stigmatic twin. A phenomenon that happens sometimes with identical twins. When one twin is injured, the same thing happens to the other twin. Is that real? It can't be. I think mentally it can I'm be. I'm Googling twin stigma. Like yeah. one twin's in danger and the other one feels it. But I don't think like your bones can break. I believe in twin tuition. There yeah. are identical twins in my family and there is some freaky twin stuff. Like I have witnessed full ESP conversations from across the dinner table between identical twins. But yeah, I don't think that you're waking up in the middle of the night missing limbs. That's fair. (laughs) Twin stigmata, I didn't really get very far on this uh, Google search because it's just pulling up this movie. (laughs) Well, I think there's your answer. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't come up on Google because she did ask Jeeves. So Mm, maybe the twin stigmata has been wiped. So let me ask you... Just so I can, like, wrap my head around this plot. Uh I'm sorry. I just realized you're probably going to get to this. Maybe. (laughs) He didn't know that the piano teacher was the killer, so we can't (laughs) assume anything. That is a very good point. Okay, so Dakota finds out that she is a twin that was taken from her crackhead mom. No, no, no. Dakota lived with the crackhead mom. Okay, Dakota lived with the crackhead mom. The crackhead mom had had twins. twins, And then the dad bought one of the babies for the mom. Because Aubrey's mom fell down the steps and lost the baby, but she didn't know she lost the baby. So then the dad found a crackhead on the corner and bought one of her twins. Was the mom asleep the whole time? Was anybody in the hospital like, oh, that baby that died is now alive, and that other woman (laughs) two doors down had two babies, now she's down to one? Like, what was going on in the hospital? That was left for interpretation. But the mom clearly doesn't know about the purchase of the crack baby etc which if crackhead's not pc i don't think crack baby is but <laughs> it can't possibly be but i don't know how else to describe yeah this is 2007 it's a crack it's baby it's a crack baby we have to use the terms that we had at that time it was a crack baby like that's uh-huh. it is what it is but i'm glad you brought up the mom's ignorance to this situation yeah. and the fact that she didn't know any of this because in her mind she fell down the stairs she was really worried about the baby she was on bed rest she gives this speech about how the baby would go still but she'd always be like you got to kick and the baby would always kick so in her mind Aubrey is her baby like her miracle baby Mm -hmm. and we don't usually quote movies on this podcast (laughs) but I felt this was important to type out word for word because (laughs) She's giving Aubrey this pep talk, and she says, we'll be all right, no matter what. 
Different maybe, but all right. Because you're a kicker, girl. You go right ahead and kick your way to the other side of this problem. I'm going to be there. And I know this was a bonding moment, but I found this pep talk distasteful, (laughs) given that she quite literally is not a kicker at this moment. She just lost a leg. She can't really kick, especially because her prosthetic is charging upstairs. (laughs) I was like, can we just not think of any other way of telling her, like, you go, girl? I didn't even think about that. The writing was not great in that moment that's probably what got the mom a nomination for a razzie honestly it did and the way she says like you're a kicker girl was so poorly delivered that entire monologue it's like i'm a pusher katie (laughs) it had the exact same energy as that except it fell way flatter god this movie is like so insane to talk about this in depth is like so much fun i'll never forget how insane this film is thank you and i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't have i didn't even know about the piano teacher but i feel like none of us would have fully grasped it without two other people i mean we have more to unpack and like i need to unpack the rest let's unpack like let's go what happens next please tell me so with this knowledge about the crack baby being bought uncovered dakota does some more snooping and finds that aubrey had the same piano trophy as the previous victim unfortunately it's then a race against the clock as Aubrey, the good twin with glasses, is being simultaneously buried alive, which means her stigmata twin Dakota then is having problems breathing. The dry ice frostbite hand thing. I'm not a huge torture porn fan, but like it always concerns me when people like think of these things and like put it on film. You're telling on yourself. Yeah. Why did you think of that? Yeah. How did you do that? I feel the same way about Kevin McAllister. How did you come up with all those traps so quick? You've yeah. been planning this. He True. wanted to harm people. Yeah, he was going to do it to Fuller. For sure. <laughs> yeah. He had like a journal. He had drawings. Uh-huh. He was ready. Yeah. He did that on purpose. Okay. I'm glad we all stand together on that. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a bad He's kid. A terrorist. Kevin yeah. is a terrorist. Like, let's be real. Let's yeah. bring it back to 9-11. Where was Kevin? Yeah, when they let him loose in New York. Where was Kevin? <laughs> Where was Kevin on January 6th? I'd like answers. I'd like to know. So, after a trip to the cemetery and revealing, I know who killed me, Dakota and Aubrey's father head to the piano teacher's house to save Aubrey, where Aubrey's father gets murdered, and Dakota chops off the piano teacher's hand with the very same weapon he used to torture his victims. Then she stabs him in the stomach. The end. Almost. Because as the piano teacher bleeds out, Dakota follows the sound of an owl she heard in a ghost vision to a freshly buried grave in the woods and digs her sister up where they lay together. That's the end. The fact that Aubrey is laying in the ground in like a burial shroud and she takes the shroud off and sees herself and right. has, like, no reaction. She's just oh, like, man. okay. She's like, yep, that's twin stigmata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no but reaction. Then that goes back to the original ending of her writing uh-huh. this whole thing. Because I have follow-up questions. We see that she's been writing this story yeah. in her creative writing class. So is she not surprised because she's the psychic twin? Did she know about <laughs> this twin all along? Did she know that she had a twin out there struggling for money, right. being abused? It's kind of fucked up. Wait, I think you might be right. You're making me think this movie's better than I thought it was. Is this movie super <laughs> deep and good i think it might actually be 
wait, like, you just kind of convinced me, like, she doesn't have any reaction because she's like, I was right. And I knew that my twin would find me and, like, we're together now. Because then they're, like, laying in the cemetery, like, snuggling each other. And didn't it look like two babies in the womb? It did. Okay, wait, like, hold on. Was this a good movie? I got to tweet this guy and say, hey, give me a follow. I like this movie now. I don't know what happened. I have Stockholm yeah. Syndrome. Because I'm walking away from this recording being like, you know, I might put it on a Halloween rewatch list somewhere. Like, maybe that's why I've watched it so many times. Because I was like, there's yeah. something here. Where exactly did I black out? That's what I love when she cut the guy's hand off and screamed, fuck you. The way she screams it, I, uh-huh. I would do the same thing. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, fuck you. What else is there to say? Exactly. I would use the C word in a derogatory way for that part, I think. I know I'm not supposed I'll to. I'm only supposed to praise people with the C word. But if you cut my leg off by accident because you're cutting someone else's leg off, you get the C word. <laughs> Maybe the F slur too. Maybe both. <laughs> Yeah, faggot cunt, yeah. Honestly, if someone said that to me, they'd be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I should have cut you up. I shouldn't have amputated you. I'm sorry. And, like, he's doing all this because, like, she canceled her piano lessons? Right, get a life. <laughs> Put an ad on Craigslist. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, get a He grip. needs to sign up for Grinder. Like, did he go on Etsy and get, like, custom-made blue torture tools? Like, where did he get those? <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, I guess we don't have any answers for that. We need to tweet this director and, like, get more answers out of Tell him. us about the blue. We need him on the <laughs> podcast and we need to like do a follow up with him. A Patreon episode where we just ask him like rapid fire all of these questions. He would do it. He we could ask. It. What if the whole time he just says, you'll have to watch the four hour cut? So you have to lick my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Lick my cat ball. I will now do anything to watch the four hour cut. Is it available? Is it on Vimeo password protected? You like- said you weren't into torture porn, but you are a masochist. I am like, I need to go deeper into this. But I have a feeling, I think it's going to leave you with more questions than answers. Like, I don't think it's going to wrap everything up. I think we are going to be going going in 26 mm-hmm. new directions right. with the additional minutes. This will be my like multiverse of madness when I watch the four hour <laughs> cut of this movie. Oh I'll be God. in like a loony bin putting like red strings together. Like I'm like the Charlie Day meme. Like I figured it out. The blue, the red, the blue, the purple. I truly feel like if I could figure out the plot of this movie, like I will reach Nirvana. Like I will ascend. I'll be out of this mortal realm. Believe receive. <laughs> so final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day who would you cast or what would the sequel be i think like m night Shyamalan did unbreakable split and then glass we should do parent trap i know who killed me and then whatever the third one is and it'll be a copycat killer tries to abduct aubrey to finish the job of the piano teacher but he ends up taking one of the parent trap twins instead so then chessie has to team up with Aubrey, Dakota, and the other parent trap twin to save the one that's been abducted. I I would love, love to see Chessie and Garcelle. Oh <laughs> yes. I want to do a sequel with Lindsay Lohan. Uh-huh. Split screen, parent trap style, but I want it to be just the aftermath. Mm. What is it like going home to your mom and being like, hey, there's two of us. Also, we're not related to you. Also, dad's dead. Oh, also, yeah. the piano teacher tried to kill us. Also, we have four limbs between the two of us. <laughs> like, I want to see what happens next. I imagine that Aubrey is going to write a New York Times bestseller about mm. the experience. And then, like, the resentment of Dakota being the one who saved her 
And the twist is that Aubrey did have that psychic connection the whole time, did know about Dakota's situation the whole time. And Dakota's like, what the fuck? I rescued you and you had the capability of rescuing me from my life all along. It ends on a cliffhanger of what's going to happen next with them. That gave me the chills. This shit that's movie. That's like really good. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Did you like write that down? <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> forgot to do the assignment. So that was right off. Wow. The that was some ADHD magic. That is incredible. <laughs> Who could you recast this with in today's time? Kiki Palmer. Is it Kiki Palmer? Oh, I'd love it to be Kiki Palmer. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Kiki Palmer do anything. Me too. Imagine her as twins. I need to see that. And I feel like Paul Giamatti <gasps> is the piano oh, teacher. Yeah. That just feels right to me. Okay. So final, final thoughts. What about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? The clothes oh. were so bad. They aged really poorly. Although I guess they're trendy again now. So I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know though. I think this was like a very interesting choice because I think it was like all of the 2007 fashion that didn't come back Mm. around. Like Gen Z is still doing their best to pick the worst trends, but they haven't gotten to these yet. I did see the other day on urbanoutfitters.com that little shrugs are back. Uh. I was like, you guys, we cannot be back in shrugs. Like, we can't do this. Not again. We can't be only warming our armpits. It's not a sustainable way of living. (laughs) Besides the clothes, I know that it's a bad movie, but I think nothing is problematic in it. Besides the torturing. Well, no, that's not. And the crackhead. (laughs) Crack baby. Otherwise, yeah, there wasn't really anything... We had women of color existing and not, it not being a plot point. I do think we might find problematic things if we dig into Fat Tina's backstory, <laughs> but we don't get it. So you know what? Not problematic. We're like this torture porn movie <laughs> featuring hookers and crack babies is really not problematic. Age is like a fine wine, really. I really think so. It's beautiful. So that is the end of our time together, Sloan. First of all, thank you so much. This was yeah. everything I thought it would be and more. Can you let everyone know where they can follow you find you support you rate you five stars yes yes rate me five stars don't tell me i have a horrible voice (laughs) i had so much fun you guys i love when you you know you never know when you go on someone's show if it's gonna be like weird or not but i knew that i would just instantly like be your friend well you guys have to come on my pod but you can find me at i am sloan steel i'm also at oh my erotica that's oh my erotica that's like my weird art account I shouldn't call it an art account. I don't, it's just pictures of like men with big bellies. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I am Sloan Steel. And then Mummy Dearest is our podcast. So you can look us up at, at Mummy Dearest podcast and you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like this podcast, you'll definitely like that one because it's literally the same show. <laughs> so come on down. <laughs> Thanks for having me, you of guys. Course. It was so much fun. Thank you. And cuties, tune in next week where we'll be covering the Amanda Seyfried, Justin Timberlake Time travel? Is it a time travel movie? I don't know. In oh, time. it isn't. Okay. Ooh-wee. So Can't buckle wait. up, cuties. <laughs> and we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.